Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. Maybe I should say welcome to the first broadcast of Saints Radio for the year 2021. Wow, that sounds weird, doesn't it? I, uh, <laughs> I think I remember back in the 60s and 70s, they would have these sci-fi movies where you know, 1984 was, was one of them, you know, the book. And we cruised through 1984. And, but I think some of the movies that I saw back then, by 2021, we were supposed to have colonies on Mars and different, um, different outposts in outer space. But here we are. We're not flying through the air like the Jetsons. In our cars. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, However, I'm sure that that's, that's probably on the horizon for Apple and Tesla and some other of those high-tech people. Are the mics on? Yeah, they are. I'm just waiting for the text to come in and say people can't hear you. So I'm just kind of watching all the... The, the lights and everything. Um, so we will be flying through. We'll be doing our broadcast from Venus, and I can hear it. We can't hear Monica. So um, we hope that your, uh, your services and your prayer times in the beginning of this new year were fruitful. And um, that your time of Sha'al before the Lord has been rich with not only his presence, which is the main thing, but the, the measures of commune have registers measures of perspective that are much needed in this hour. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that this is, of the many things this is going to be, this is going to be the year of a Sha'al prophet. And all these things that we see in that, in that study are, have always been true, but they are, um, they are really going to be lived by us in profound ways. Uh, and, and, you know, you mentioned this on Sunday morning, but the Sha'al is not, it is what, it is what we have indicated uh, from a defining standpoint. It is that. But it is, it is so much more expansive where it is, um, it's an ongoing measure of commune. And I, I know that we've lived this to a large degree. But it's you know seeing every level of revelation in this in God seems to follow a similar pattern and it really is progressive it's very rare that you have the Lord say something that's a one-off and uh, God God loves to have a continuation he even in every one of our um, of our points of personal understanding from from the Spirit of the Lord, it every one of them is line upon line, precept on precept. You know that type of principle is progressive. So whether it's a whether it's an ongoing revelation of doctrine, or whether it's the details of structure of a certain project, or whether it's a, a measure of understanding of a, of a theme. Or, or whether it's um, a, a partnership, whether it's prosuke and, and diasis, or what, what, whatever it might be, it's always progressive. And even when you come to the palal or the aiteo, which is the defining release that you declare, that in itself is not an end. 
it really is a beginning and it sets a stage for the mushrooming of fruitfulness. And that in itself then brings progression. So uh, the unsearchable riches is what the scripture speaks about. You, you will never come to a point where you understand it all. So uh, I, we hope that your, your Sha'al times of relating to the Father have been rich and, and wonderful. You know, I think about, I think about just in study of Sha'al, and I think about the many times or the number of times that, that David shawled before the Lord about specific things that he, he wanted direction from the Lord. Should I do this? Should I go there? Should I conquer them? Should I? And, and it was such a direct and clear conversation that he had with the Lord, and the Lord was very clear in his response. And, of course, I mean, we aspire to that kind of commune with the Lord, but the, one of the things that the Lord reminded me of when I was reading those passages is David, I mean, he was in that ongoing pursuit of God's heart all the time. I mean, that was just his 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 lifestyle. And I was having a conversation yesterday with um, a young man that's here visiting from Santa Barbara from Olive House, and we were talking about prophecy, and 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 we were talking about because he's been through prophetic training, and we were talking about how the prophetic training that we've been through, which I I'm so thankful for. I, I'm thankful for the four years that we went through the prophetic training that we did. But we were just talking about how, in so many ways, the practicing of it made it like. Um, a method and just about the different ways that they would have us activate our prophetic gifts and and really how this last year has become you know there's there was a lot of prophecies that were thrown out there this year by by prophets out there that did not come to pass and so I, I know that there were several that that I followed up with that were reeling reeling from the fact that their prophecy did not come to pass, whether it was about the election or whatever, and, and apologizing to the church for their prophecy. And it really broke my heart because, I mean, I know that, that these are men of God that, that love the Lord, that walk with the Lord. But I think that this is so, this in itself, this word, this, um, this whole shawl directive, and that, I don't even call it the activation, the awakening once again of like you said you know that the the foundational relationship that it comes through and the intimacy that that it comes through is really where prophecy is going where god is taking it for the church and and what a privilege it is to be a forerunner in that and 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 to recognize and to have the revelation of that because I don't want to just prophesy. You know, it prophecy can be reckless. You know, if you think about the passage that says, "I do nothing without first revealing it to my friends, the prophets," that hits me in the core of who I am because I think I want to be a friend of God, and I know the only way I can be His friend where He's going to share His secrets with me is if I am pressing deep into His heart. That's where I want to be, and I don't want to speak anything outside of that. And just just to prophesy, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so, I say all that to say because I've had numerous conversations with my son over the last couple of months. Because I'm not saying he's questioning prophecy, but he has been because of what has transpired and really probing um, the true prophetic office and and what that really means and. You know, is prophecy prophecy if it doesn't come to pass and and things like that. And so I say all that to say that this younger generation, these Elishas, I mean, it, but they, they've always been like this where they want truth. They want to understand 
and walk in truth. They want the real thing. And nothing shall act, you know, none of that stuff. And so I love that in a lot of ways how, you know, the Bible says a child shall lead them. It's almost like there's an apostolic move that's coming through that generation, through that whole prophecy of the Elisha's coming forth that comes alongside with the Elijah and, and is demanding the true and the pure word and the relationship and the intimacy and and I just think that's I, I think it's remarkable. And so I'm thankful. Well, you know, it 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 kind of goes to what people expect from the prophetic. And it's it's you can look at church history and like we've talked about the latter rain movement, how there was a divine visitation of the spirit. But in order to please the crowd, a lot of the, uh, not a a lot, a a number of leaders would almost enter into showmanship. Yeah. And God just doesn't, he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't care about that, you know, and uh, I I was thinking about when um, uh, you know the prophet was before the two kings and he said bring me a minstrel and um, you know why did he do that it wasn't because music was the be all end all I mean that guy could have been awful we didn't he didn't send out for for uh, Chet Atkins or somebody, you know? <laughs> and, and the reason was, I think, so that he could enter into that point of commune with God to know what do, you, what do you want to say here? And even when he prophesied, he just told them what to do. You go dig these ditches. He didn't, he gave them work to do. Mm-hmm. Jesus, when he told the, the guys to go fill the water pots, he didn't explain what he was going to do. He just gave them work to do, and they obeyed. And the church doesn't want to do any work. Usually the church wants you to tell them what's going to happen, and it better be what you want to hear. And um, I think that's what happened during this election. Um, but we won't go there. No, we were talking yesterday. It was just kind of refreshing to hear this because... We were talking about how Brandon was talking about how he'd gone through some prophetic training. And he said, so they tell you, you know, you pray in the spirit for a few minutes and then you you sit before the Lord silent before. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Go silent. Yes. Go silent. And then and then you glean a word and then you speak it. And I was reflecting on just our prophetic training that we had. And granted, it it. It activated things within us, and we learned a lot through that. But, I mean, how many times I didn't have a word for somebody. (laughs) And granted, the spirit within me did, but um, also just the reality that, you know, you're... I remember in reading in the book of Revelation where where the Lord was speaking, I think, to John and said, you will prophesy before kings. And do you think he said at that moment or if he's standing before a king or if you're standing before a king, you're going to be able to say, excuse me, let me let me go in the other room and pray in the spirit for a few minutes and then go silent. And then I'll come back and bring you a word. It's it's a it's like you said, Pastor. I mean, it is about living this lifestyle. It's about being instant and hosting the presence of in the spirit of the lord but another thing that that was brought up in the conversation was benny hen had come to minister i guess at this prophetic school and he gets up and he was reflecting on when he was with katherine coleman and and he was imitating her in a in 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 a in an honorable way saying that the first time he had seen katherine coleman she got up there, and I've never seen her, but he said she got up there, and she says, 
we must die. We, she just kept repeating it. We must die. We must die. And so Benny Hinn was bringing that back in this, in this prophetic training, the reality that we must die. And Brandon was asking me, what does that mean? And so we were talking about the spirit of prophecy and the martyria of Jesus and all of that. And, you know, these are revelations that so many people don't know. They don't understand the principle of the seed principle that Jesus taught us about prophecy and about um, just that whole process of dying. So there's a lot of revelation that the Lord is, you know, it may, it may seem like it is old news for us, but his word is alive and he is our living God. He is a person and he is with us and he is breathing fresh life on these revelations to be able to sow into the Elishas, to be able to sow into the church what it really means to, to be in the spirit of prophecy and to function in that spirit and to actually function as a prophetic voice. So well, I think off on a tangent I, there. No, I think I'm grateful as you are for us being exposed to the prophetic training that we received. And I think that the the main thing that it did for us was show that you can be somebody that could hear from God. And it showed you some things that from the scripture that that really were illuminating in that regard. And it it caused you to step out and to and to believe that that God would speak through you in a way that was unscripted and that 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 was the main thing but i'm i'm like you i mean i know i know we have prophetic presbytery so i and and one of the reasons we have a team is because i always had a challenge like you said with just having a word for everybody i even back when we used to line people up and pray for people in all fairness and honesty, even when the anointing was so strong, I would be praying for people and I'd come up to somebody and I'd think, I don't have anything for you. I never said that. But you could feel the you could feel the presence of the Lord impart something here and here. And here you think, I don't know what you're doing, Lord. And that doesn't mean God wasn't doing anything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the reasons we have a team is because we recognize that we don't want somebody creating something or giving some just some um, template prophecy. <clears throat> somebody there will have a word and then you can fill that in. But, you know, and one of the challenges we had when we would have seminars and we would have people that would come is a lot of them had been trained to prophesy and they all they wanted to do was just prophesy to people. And I remember we were up in Oregon and there was a woman that was in ministry and any time there wasn't somebody speaking from the pulpit, she was prophesying to everybody. And, and I it really made me mad because I thought, first of all, why did you come here? Did you come here to prophesy or did you come here to receive of what God was bringing through the ministry that you came to experience. And secondly, you don't really have any authority in this meeting. So why are you giving these words to everybody and their brother? And and there's so many things that are wrong with that. You know, I think, on the other hand, like David, like you mentioned David, I was reading through these various shawls, and Jonathan was talking to Saul, and he said, David earnestly Sha'al that he would be able to go to Bethlehem and they were friends they were they were close-knit in agreement which shows me now Jonathan was the prince Jonathan was the son of the king so there was some measure of authority there but it shows me that David just didn't Sha'al when he was out on the hillside and his sack butt was really on fire but he 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 had that mentality even in his personal relationships 
to where he would express what he felt the Lord was saying. And even what Jonathan said, he was earnest about it. You know, he, he really was, was putting it in motion. And, you know, you and I have ministered a lot together. There are a lot of times that we know the presence of the Lord is there and he's speaking wonderful things, but he's, in my thinking, old nuts and boltsy, he's not really saying anything that you can use in the next five minutes. God doesn't seem to ever be in any rush to tell you what's going to happen. I mean, it's a walk of faith. And that walk of faith is girded up with perspective and built upon relationship with him. And it's like you've, you've got a workman needing not to be ashamed. You've got the tools of your relationship with God, what he's commissioned you to do, and um, his perspective. And very often, God just doesn't seem to be interested in giving, thus says the Lord, of direction to people. He would rather you impart, you got to get before the Lord, and you got to hear from him yourself. Because that's what God wants the journey with you, but he wants the journey with them. And so what good would it do for you to be saying, oh, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to go on this journey. See that road over there? It'll do you no good. Let me just tell you what you're going to find on that road. And let me just tell you what's at the end of the road. God is not going to do that because he wants you on that road. That's, that's interesting that you say that because earlier when you were talking, I was just reflecting back at the number of times, whether it's in travels or even it's happened here, multiple times where somebody comes up to me in all sincerity and they want me to prophesy to them. I want you to give me a prophetic word. And that has never really fallen favorably on my spirit when that happens because it's almost like a demand. Mm-hmm. and an expectation and and to me if I have a prophetic word for somebody I will generously and because when God gives you a prophetic word you don't rest until it's released and a lot of if, if he wants you to release it sometimes he just wants you to sit on it but um, <laughs> and so I can't tell you the number of times that I have sat with somebody and they get you know close to me and they want they want me to prophesy to them and almost every single time, the Lord has told me, you tell them to seek me, mm-hmm. to, that I want to speak to them face-to-face, heart-to-heart. I want to speak to them. So, and so I totally concur with what you're saying because you can lead a fish. You can teach Amanda. You can you give can a man a fish. <laughs> I can never get that right. It's a fishy story. You can give a man a fish. Uh, how does it go? But if you teach him to fish, you know, if you, you know, give you the get guy it. a fish, he'll be there every day. <laughs> if you teach him to fish, he won't ever be hungry. And we, I mean, we covet to prophesy. We, I love to speak life yes. and encouragement and building yes. up. And I love that. I really do. I love that. But I can almost instantly just discern when it is just a, a demand that comes out of the flesh that I want you to tell me something that I want to hear. Yeah. And the best way you can lead somebody in that scenario is to teach them or to speak to them to find God themselves. Because that's the only that's the only thing that will truly fulfill. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, we've we've seen a lot of these things in ministry and we've basically learned the pitfalls of the prophetic by things that have happened out there on the field. And, you know, you have people that come up and they want to give you a word. And they basically want to tell you how great they are at at prophesying. And you have to stand there and listen to it. And, you know, I've seen that happen to you and it really We've talked about that. It was never was a pleasant experience. So it's funny to me that there's a ministry I've been praying for the past couple of days, which is odd for me to be doing. 
And I listened to one of the teachings from this ministry, and this is a prophetic house. And uh, the, the, the person teaching is, is a woman. And it was amazing to me. She was talking about prophetic. And she said, you know, we have to, I, I pastor a church of the prophetic. And well, I have to have people that guard over me because there are always people that are going to want to dump on me their word and prophesy into my life and talk about my hairstyle and talk about this and talk about that. And he said, I have to have people that that watch over me so that that doesn't happen. And um, then there'll be people that'll ask me to give them a word. And I'm not, I'm not like a, um, this is my terminology. I'm not like a, a dispensary. There's a lot of people I don't have words for. And I thought, these are the same things that God has shown us very graciously out on the road. And at some point when I'd say these things or you and I would talk about it in reflecting on a specific ministry or something that happened, I'd feel kind of bad that I was taking such a hard stand. And once again, to hear somebody else who is whose whole ministry is the prophetic say these same things was kind of like a breath of fresh air because you know the enemy comes and says you all know no, you know what you're just saying this because you're jealous of them or what or whatever angle I wasn't jealous of the person I was suspicious of the people and so the whole essence of Catherine Kuhlman's we must die we see so many people out on the road who have been trained to prophesy who somehow missed that. And they're not dead. I, they're, you know, they're not, you can tell they're not dead because they're they're doing all kinds of things that are breaking umpteen prophetic rules and they're doing everything they can to be loud and present themselves. And, and I think maybe there's a key to that about dying, martyria, where you're living this message and you're bearing this testimony and the only time you speak is is out of the fact that you you have to give an account of what your identity is in God and um, you know people people call in the old testament for the for the man of elohim or the woman of elohim and that's what they wanted out of the prophet they didn't they didn't ask for the man of yahweh they asked for the man of God, the man of Elohim. And so much in the prophetic world, they want the man or the woman of Yahweh. They want to know the plan. They want to know, pop, 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 tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. And God's saying, uh-uh, the real men and women of prophetic are going to be of my heart. And for you to receive from them, you've got to come under that mantle. You, you've got to step in under that mantle. Otherwise, their ministry is really not going to do you much good, which is what Jesus did, you know. When he would go into a place, sometimes they'd say, who is this? Or, and he'd say, Can, do you believe? Or the woman with the issue of blood came and touched the hem of his garment. She received his identity, and through that, the dunamis came. And... A lot of people don't care about your identity. They just want a word. And it's, it's very, very interesting to, to see those declensions in the Scripture. We may not understand them when we read them initially, but it's the same everywhere. Um, and, and, you know, like Jesus said, when you come into a town... You, you go to a place and where you're staying, and if the people will accept your peace, if the peace of if they're willing to abide in what the mission is that you have, stay there. If not, get out of there and shake the dust off. See, we don't like that. And, and a lot of times people who host us, they're gracious. We're very kind. But after you get to know them a while, you can tell, are they really wanting what we have or aren't they? And it's kind of like the same deal when people were here and iniquity would rise up and they'd leave. Well, they, they, they wanted to reject the message, but they wanted to keep all the friendships. 
And to me, who is my brother? You know, your mother and brothers are without Jesus. Well, who who is my mother? Who's my brothers? It's these that are walking with me. And, but in the midst of all of that, that's the prophet. That's the prophecy. It's the man of Elohim. It's the woman of Elohim. And that's relationship. And from that then, if the people come under that measure of understanding, they, they, they'll receive. But Jesus can be in a place and he could do no mighty work there because of their unbelief. They were unwilling to accept what he was commissioned at the right hand of the Father to do. And see, that's an issue with the prophetic ministry. And we're in the year of the prophet where people think, well, I'm just going to get a word from them because they're, whew, man, they're, they're in the top 10 on the prophet list. Do you know anything about them? Do you know anything about what their mission is? Because there's a link between that dynamic and whether the word coming from that person, if it comes from them, will really have any effect. I'm, I hit about 50 topics there. <laughs> Sorry to, to do that. No, I, I, I think this is good conversation. I think that, you know, I, I don't want just anybody. I, I rarely get prof- prophesied to. And that's okay. I feel like if the Lord has a word for me, he's going to give it to me. But at the same time, you know, I don't want any Tom, Dick, or Harry to prophesy over me. I I want somebody that I know and trust. So anybody that's listening to this broadcast, I can tell you, I know and trust you. And, and, well, and we don't know who all's listening. Well, we don't. But, I mean, the saints that we're in yes. connection with. Because... Just to expand on what you've been saying, what I see is, you know, you've got the message and you talk about going into people's homes and they're hosting us and do they really want the message that we're bringing? And what I'm finding, and this is just very personal for me in my own home, is is 22 years for us cultivating this message living this message, um, being a steward of the seed of this truth and what God has revealed and becoming that. That sets the atmosphere and the stage for the, revel- the for the true message to come forth. Yeah. And it's what we've been talking about. Yeah. And that's what I'm finding. It's like, I, and we'll just talk about these young people. They don't really know this message yet. They know me. They know you, and see, that's the issue. And they want to come to my home and dwell in the atmosphere that has been cultivated through the sanctification process of the seed, of the message. And I see that hunger, and and I'm so thankful for that because to me, I think about, and this may be just stretching it, but I think about when Jesus talks about, you know, anything that you ask my father in my name he will give it to you anything and i I, and i think about that and i you know that that verse has kind of tripped me up a little bit from time to time because anything is anything anything is everything and so you ask the father you ask the lord in his name and the father will give it and i realized that that's all encompassing of the nature of the lord yeah but see that's built on the itail on the Iteo, exactly. And so I think that that revelation is key to us understanding the fulfillment of what we're declaring, the fulfillment yeah. of what we're asking. And so I, I've, re- I've been looking at those passages in the New Testament about asking, and just because it, as it overlaps the Old Covenant and the Sha'al and seeing how those two things relate. And and it makes me realize that we're dwelling in the name and the nature of who God is. And from that, everything flows. And so I'm just, well, all I'm saying is that, that that right there 
is infectious. Yeah. And 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 like we used to say, you know, we don't invite people to church very often. But what we say is the spirit will draw in those who God has is calling to come in who will stay the course, who are hungry for not just the message but for the cost and the process of what it takes to be that message, to yeah. live that message, to testify of that message. And it, it just, it all makes sense. I mean, in retrospect, it just, it just all makes sense. So. Well, you know, that, that, this is a good discussion. And I really think that one of the things that we have to do this year is take on some of these prophetic themes and speak them um, from the perspective of what God has allowed us to learn from his word and through experience in the pneumatocost walk. Um, and I, I think we, we're going to be aggressive about it. And I think that throughout this year, we're going to be seeing God establish not only schools of the prophets, but bands of the sons of the prophets. And so that's this is really going to be not just a year of the prophet in, in name only. We're going to see it, and I, I'm pressing for it. And this is part of the sha'al that God has put on my heart. And because, you know, first of all, it's obedience. And here's where you extrapolate. We know from the reading of the scripture that the groups that are going to come together in the end times to do battle against the forces of wickedness are the saints and the prophets. We know that. And so we've got to begin to let God establish connections in that way. And we've got to be able to speak. Um, to me, I think, here's what I think. Of course, you know I have an affinity for the saints' message. I think just as the general church is supposed to have saints in it, which we've shown from the scripture, I think that in the end, the time of the end, we're not going to be able to just have the general church because we can see what a lot of them are doing. We bless it. We bless it. But um, like the guy that from Congress the other day who prayed, who was from the Methodist, he was an ordained Methodist minister, and he said, amen and a woman. That's the apex of stupidity. That was repulsive to me. So we see what, and I am Methodist roots, so I'm not faulting what God wants to do there. But I, but I do think that, um, I do think that God is, in the end time, the prophets are going to be the base, and the saints will rise up from that. Because we're we're the messengers, and hopefully we can permeate the truths of the saints into to merge that. And one of the things that I've seen over these past few days is, and I value and appreciate the prophetic ministries. I mean, they were the ones. You know, you talked about us being trained, and we were. In, in the elemental things. And then we went off. I remember having a meeting with a well-known prophet. And, well, let's talk about this a little bit. And it's good to say this at the beginning of the year. You know, when we got the left foot of fellowship from, our, from the movement we were in, the ones who stood alongside us was the prophetic ministry of Christian International. And Bishop Hammond prophesied what was going to happen. He didn't say specifically, but he said in general, this is what's going to happen. You need to start getting your heart ready for it. And it might you might want to decide whether you want to go to them and withdraw, but one way or another, you're going to come out of there. And if you can go and withdraw, or they're going to try to kick you out, and they won't be kind with it. I mean, he was saying all these different things, and he I didn't want to hear it. I wanted to hear it. But I was shocked by it. But then when we finally did, by God's directive, have that break, the ones that stood alongside us 
and the ones that g- gave us words. I remember when uh, I was summoned to a headquarters and they laid out this string of threats against me personally and against our church. The people that I called, uh, we prayed. We prayed here. But I called uh, a prophet from that ministry, and he and his wife spoke words. They gave me a rhema scripture, the, like the lying lips be silenced, and they gave that word. And that was like that was like David getting uh, a mighty man to stand with him. So I have the highest, the highest regard for those who have stepped out and formed true prophetic ministry based on the Word of God. And, but, I, but I do think that God is going to begin to bring us into a measure of, of, of not affinity, alliance there. Because we have a lot of things that God has given us as saints, truths in his word that these folks need, and they have, they have a lot of, um, it's kind of like Issachar and Zebulun. You know, they've got the Zebulun structure. They've, they've got this, and God has hidden us. The only structure we have is the the things that God gave us, those brothers and sisters who came alongside. And so I'm really praying that God will um, bring that alliance. But at the same time, we are going to be every week going before him, trying to discern how he wants us to establish a prophetic perspective, a prophetic viewpoint, prophetic training from the saints' pneumaticos perspective. And this is what we're in agreement to do. And it's, it's so needed because of what's coming. Be, be, well, first of all, it's because this is what God's saying and we have to be obedient. And you know how I have been. You, you more than anybody know how I have been. I have, I have not cared what anybody else thinks, really, because God's speaking. And the Scripture says that. You have no need that anybody teach you. You have pneumaticos things that the Father is giving, and that's what we've lived. So I've not looked to align with anybody. I mean, when we go out, we minister, God opens the doors. We establish that based upon God's directive. So for me to be saying something like this, you of all people know, you better check my temperature and see if it's still me here. Because this is not what I would say. But I know it's what God's wanting, and I think it's a step toward the a step into the time of the end. Because uh, we have to develop the prophetic perspectives as Issachar. And those that are ready to war. And see, this is why, well, I'm just rambling here now. What sayest thou? You want me to keep going? I, I, I know that, I see, I treasure what God has given to us. And I know it's the best. And if I, if, if we as students of the word hear somebody discredit the word, there is a righteous anger that rises in me. Or if I hear people preaching or teaching under the anointing, not, not in our house, the saints, and they are butchering the word, they're butchering what the scripture says, there's something that rises up in me because I think you're using that you're using this living word wrongly and you need to do it right. Um, And so I believe that we have the best and I know that I'm still going to, I'm still going to believe that it's not that I discredit anybody else, but I'm not going to sell out in order to be accepted we are who we are, 
And the time of, we've lived miracles. During this past year, with COVID and restrictions, <laughs> it's been a year of, not without challenges, but it's been a year of miracles. I mean, it's it's incredible. Um, and God is, God is speaking so many things about what we're to do. Uh, it, it's 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 in some ways I don't want to say it's uncomfortable. It's unusual. Well, and I think that uh, I mean I know that there is obviously the delineation of the saints and the prophets in the scripture, and they're separate from the general church or the, the saints separate from the general church. And I, I do, it's a mystery to me to, to see or to know how, because God, I mean, he wants his body, he wants the body of Christ as one. He wants the body of Christ unified. And it's going to be interesting to see how those bridges are built to, to be able to not become somebody else, but to, to minister into other movements or other um what's a good word and and see unity fostered i guess in a way that god would have it to be Mm -hmm. because i mean it it unity i mean how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and you know it's like the oil that flows down the beard of aaron and it's it's I don't I don't want anybody to ever think that we're exclusive. I mean everything that you say is scriptural and and it lines up with the Bible. I mean the saints they are a group. But how does that feed into the church and the building of God's end time church and how do we play that role? And I think that's yet to be defined, but I think a lot of the things that you're saying or it's almost like building a framework. The Lord is building the framework in the spirit to see that happen. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I think our apostolic calling is basically the coin of our apostolic calling is two sides. The first, it's the understanding of the calling of saints, intercessors. The flip side of that is apostolic teaching. Those two things. And so you have to have both of those. And I think that's how the prophet and the saints come together. It's like when Paul wrote to the Corinthians, he says, the things I'm sending to you, if there are prophets or pneumatikos there, let them come together and verify what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And even in Acts 13, when in Antioch, the prophets and the teachers came together and launched the, the apostolic. I think that in this next year, you're going to hear prophetic people outside of this camp say, God is going to be calling us to find the, the apostolic teaching. We need the teacher. We need the gift of the teacher now. And that's the gift of the teacher basically has destroyed movements in a lot of ways. You look at, look at our country today. The land of the free and the home of the brave. What's happening in a majority of our higher education? Teachers are destroying this country. They're destroying the mindsets of a generation. They're teaching them things that are not true. And, you know, when um, when we see, uh, when I was a kid, we would hear, don't ever go to seminary because... You know, it's basically a cemetery. They will teach you not to believe God. They will teach you not to trust the word. They will teach you these things. So I value the teaching gift, but the wrong teaching without the spirit can bring destruction. So there's been a, and and that's been the mindset of a lot of, um, a lot of these prophetic movements. I remember when Brownsville was happening. I've told this story, but it's been a long time. And there were significant districts 
in the Assemblies of God that stood against the Brownsville visitation. And a friend of mine who since died was sent by the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God to go up into a, a region of our country and to speak to these guys about why they didn't agree with the movement that was happening in Brownsville. And he came back and gave his report. Well, I read about this in the, the magazine of the assemblies. And I saw who was sent. So I called him because he was a friend of mine. And I said, Gary, what happened up there? He said, Ron, I went up there and met with four districts, leaders. And I'm not even sure those guys are saved. I'm not, I'm not even sure they're born again. And, and he was sincere. He was an emissary to bring a report back. And the reason was they had been taught that God's not moving today. There is no apostolic. There is no real um, visitation of the Spirit now. You know, the Word of God isn't really true. It was already starting to permeate. And the reason was is that they were they had no experience and they experiences and they had been taught these things and they absorbed these things so I, I'm just rambling now but I think that in this year one of the ways that our schools of the prophets are going to be is through integrating the apostolic teaching that God has given us about what a prophet really should be and what um um I remember we went to we went to Multilimar and the theme of the gathering that year was apostles. And so the leader of the group got a hold of me and said, I want you to come and teach on what an apostle is. So I went and I taught about what the apostle was. And I could have hit them in the head with a with a with a frying pan because for them, an apostle was just somebody who was just uh, an evangelist on steroids. And, uh, but to be an apostle who absolutely has a word from the throne that's different, that's new, that's what an apostle is. It's a post from the throne. And, um, but I think that these lessons that we've learned from the Lord, from his word, about how the prophetic really should should be girded up, many of them are unknown in the prophetic movement. And so we're going to be teaching our saints these prophetic things, and that's going to be like new weapons, advanced weaponry, advanced technology that those who are in the prophetic camps are going to say we want and need and honestly though there are things that they have that i can see where god's leading us that we need we need the structure they put in the place it would be like a merger almost but we've got work to do before that merger can really happen but a lot of times you know i'll you know this i'm telling you this i'm just opening it up to the people because you you hear this sounding board of me flapping my lips i'll hear teacher teachings or people that are just captivating audiences and and i think i bless these folks but what they're saying right here is not scriptural what they're saying here is not scriptural what they're saying here about heaven is not happening in heaven and and i think if I know these things are true, it's not being critical. It's if somebody's teaching math and they're saying two plus three is 12, no matter how many people are there in their class, that's not right. And you got to point that out because it could lead people into destruction. And so, but we've got to be careful with this because we could come across as being know-it-alls. But then again, a pneumaticos person doesn't tolerate fools. Uh, you know, if you, if you go to a specialist, you want them to say, this is what's happening. And doesn't matter what everybody else has opinions, this is what's happening and here's why. 
bop, 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 bop. And that's why you go to them. You don't want them to say, oh, what are they saying? Oh, what are they saying? Well, I know them. You know, they're pretty good. Well, if they're saying something wrong, it could cost that person their life. If you're getting legal counsel that's wrong, you're going to lose that case and people are going to lose livelihood even if they're in the right. And when you deal with spiritual things, what's the enemy come? What's he do? It is written. You better have somebody that says, well, you know, I know it's written, but it is also written this, and what you're saying is not right. You only do this in this way and in this way and in this way. Saying it is written doesn't really make any difference if you're misappropriating what that written means. Hath God said, you know? So we, we really need the directive of the Spirit as we walk through this prophetic year to establish and develop teachings about the prophetic that are from a pneumatikos perspective that are desperately needed. We also need to be in prayer for these alliances that God wants that God wants to bring because it's going to be necessary. I know that it is. We're going to keep going, but it's it's positioning for what's for what's coming. You know what won the battle in World War II? It was the scientists who were developing weapons, who were countering the enemy with technology. It was the advent of those brainiacs that were putting together the atomic principles. And, you know, God helped us with that because the Allies really, our technology was behind some of the stuff that Hitler had going on and it was only God that allowed us to triumph but the um, it was the technology and I think our technology is the revelation of God's word and that's why at the end of the book of Revelation it said anybody who's adding to or taking away from this scripture they're going to be in a heap of trouble it's all about the scripture. So, boy, I'm rambling here today, aren't I? I'm a rambling man. I want to thank all of you for sending in, those of you who've sent in your, your, uh, your insights from first Saturday. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live, I think you're, you, I don't know. I know tomorrow you're probably going to get another meal of Shaal. But from here on, I know, and some people have been asking, what are we going to do about March? I mean, I'm, I'm already getting from uh, people asking me who are wanting to know whether we need to mobilize here to get ready for March. And um, we are going to be having a seminar. And I think, I think that the theme is going to be, in some ways, about the prophet. Uh, I would hope that by the end of this week we'll be able to give some real defining things about exactly what we're going to offer. But um, give us that latitude and pray that, that we'll hear exactly the steps we're supposed to take. Because we, we, we love all of you and we, we, we want to enjoy that uh, twice a year blessing that has been known as our seminar and and if anybody like questions if we do it online if we do it like we did in September as opposed to in person you need to understand that we prefer the in person yeah <laughs> above and beyond all things I mean the online seminar to me it was it was more work it was, you know, and, and it, the Lord used it, and it was effective. And if we do it again in March, it'll be his way, and it will be anointed, and, and that may be what happens. Yeah. 
we just want you to know our heart, that our heart is to be face-to-face with you and to be together before the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So. Well, partner, we've come to an end of the trail for today. My we mule sure, is thirsty. We sure appreciate <laughs> you. Monica's going to go down there and get us water from the well. For to, the camels. <laughs> to fill our thirsty camels. <laughs> oh, God. Well, God bless all of you. And um, it's a privilege to be able to walk this pathway with you. And we bless you. We continue to declare the blood of Jesus over you and over all of us. And um, till tomorrow and whenever the next times we can be together, may God bless you and thanks for joining us. Goodbye.